ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, May 8th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true. Great taste. Only 96 calories it is. The original light beer. We're here for you this hour. Also on social media, at Paul Swan is my Twitter handle. And if you message me, I'll definitely see it this afternoon. Or, of course, you can just follow me and see all the stuff I post every day. It's Twitter, at Paul Swan. Also, we're on Facebook, The Drive with Paul Swan. So several places for you to follow along. And if you ever miss the show, I post the link to the podcast every day on several social media platforms. So I got you covered wherever you go. So it's Friday. We're getting ready for the weekend. Once again, no real sports to talk about as far as events, play-by-play, games. Got classic stuff coming up this weekend, especially on Sunday, because, again, the last dance will be coming up. We'll get to find out more on the chronicles of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And, of course, we know this is going to be more of an improved message, but it's still fun to watch. I think the aftermath is always more fun than watching The Last Dance. And let me tell you, it's been fun to see Rodman and everyone else have some sort of take why they weren't asked or how they've been made to look bad or the beef between the Detroit Pistons and the Chicago Bulls and Isaiah Thomas. And guess what? This is good stuff. I really appreciate that. So between ESPN and The Last Dance and the NFL – This is where I've got most of my sports entertainment. NASCAR is coming back next week. So, yeah, I'm probably going to be watching more NASCAR. Not much, but more than I usually do. And, of course, the good news is you can listen to that on our sister station, Big Buck Country 101.5. But what are we going to get into today? Well, since we're here, um, we got the NFL schedule to talk about. I'm going to focus primarily on the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll look at that schedule, break it down. The entire primetime package. Now, again, this is assuming we have football week one for the Cincinnati Bengals, September 13th. Assuming that we have football, this is what our schedule is going to look like. The Chargers, 4.05 kickoff time at Paul Brown Stadium. And we'll talk about the rest of the schedule later on. I want to break down that primetime schedule as well. Boy, the Cowboys are on primetime a lot. They're getting a lot of primetime love. The Bengals have got two primetime games. I'll go ahead and preview those for you. They have got the Browns game on September 17th, and they've got the Steelers game on December 21st. The 17th of September against the Browns, 820. It's going to be on Fox and the NFL Network. The game against the Steelers will be December 21st. It'll be against the Steelers, of course, on ESPN, 815. So those are your primetime games. We'll look at the rest of this. I hate that, though. I hate that the primetime games are against division opponents because usually if I can get a primetime game with the Bengals not against a division opponent, that means maybe I can get an extra game. Because, of course, the local CBS affiliate here doesn't agree with my scheduling philosophy when it comes to the Bengals. They haven't agreed with me for a long time, and that's okay. They can be wrong. They can disagree with me all they want. It's their television station, but... I do see more Steeler games than I should. Hopefully the Bengals will start to take off 
new quarterback, new excitement, maybe in a few years, you're going to have to show more Bengals games. That's my hope. But don't forget, if TV doesn't have the game for you, assuming we've got the schedule, season, kickoff on September 13th, assuming that that's going to happen, we'll have those games for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So I'm looking forward to all of that. But that's what we're going to get into as far as the NFL schedule. Uh, When we come back from break as well, I want to talk a little bit about what is going on with West Virginia University. Furloughs being announced today, and there are also going to be some cuts in the athletic department. We'll talk about those cuts, outline everything that is going on with their athletic department. Could this be happening eventually to an athletic department near you? Could this be happening at Marshall sooner than later? Because I saw this and I thought, okay, West Virginia is pulling the trigger on this. Can Marshall be a little further behind or maybe a little closer than we think because you know you've got to figure out what your athletic budget is going to look like and if you don't have the revenue to support the staff well there might be some furloughs there might be some reduction in force there might be some pay reduction all of that's coming and we'll outline what's happening with WVU could it be happening in the Marshalls sooner than later? And you would think university like WVU, maybe a, a middle-of-the-pack Power 5 team, they would have a good revenue supply coming in, and they're losing some money. They're losing a lot of money because some revenue streams were cut off. But you would think that they'd have some money squirreled back. No, and that's what we're finding out. Athletic departments don't do very well when it comes to saving. There's not a war chest in the athletic department, not saving as much as you think they should. So that's going to be what we break down when we continue. Also, we'll take a look at, as I mentioned, the primetime NFL schedule. We'll look at the Bengals date by date, and we'll get your comments, your phone calls. All of that's coming up on today's edition of The Drive right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to this edition of The Drive for Friday, May 8th, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. As we mentioned at the top of the show, West Virginia University announcing furloughs and the athletic department as well, announcing that they're going to be athletic staff furloughs, pay cuts for the fiscal year of 2021. So what's happening here? You're going to see Shane Lyons and some of the coaches take a cut. That's the first thing. So your athletic director takes a cut along with your football coach, and Neil Brown's taking a cut. Bob Huggins taking a cut. Mike Carey, basketball coach for the women's team, taking a cut. And baseball coach Randy Mazie also taking a cut. They're voluntary cuts, a 10% salary reduction starting on July 1st. So the new fiscal year, this is what's going to happen. Now, additionally, Lyons said that the coaches and athletic staff that are right now making more than $100,000 will receive a 5% reduction, and a 2.5% reduction will be implemented to staff salaries, which are less than $100,000. So if you're making $20,000, $30,000, $50,000, doesn't matter where you fall, whatever range you're in, you're taking a 2.5% cut. Also, you are going to see, because the university announced a lot of staff furloughs today, so about one-third of the athletic department's workforce, which is about 65 employees, 
It's going to be furloughed for 60 days, and that'll start on May 24th, and that'll end on July 26th. So staff being furloughed, about one-third. Furlough is good compared to being laid off. Furloughed, I'm, I'm understanding you're going to be at least on the health care plan, if that's the case. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself later. But that's not as bad. It's not good, but it's not as bad as being just completely let go. So you'll have access to health care. Health care will be important. You don't want any of this to happen to anybody, but this sort of lessens it. And, of course, if you're furloughed, there's the option to bring you back maybe sooner. But ending July 26th, it's going to be a 60-day furlough. Now, the bad news is some employees not going to return to the department because there is a reduction in force measure taking place. And so current job openings not going to be filled. So if there's a job opening, not going to be filled. If some of these people are going to be out of a job, that's just I hate that completely. Really, you're going to see more and more athletic departments do this. And I'm kind of interested in seeing what the recovery is going to look like because how will you run your athletic department once you get back to some semblance of what it looked like before? Or do we get to that point? So I'm hoping that for for these 65 employees who are furloughed, it's not going to be a long furlough. Of course, the coaches are taking a reduction in salary. This is one-third of the athletic department's workforce, which amounts to 65 employees. It's not pretty right now. And I'm kind of dreading the day that I'm talking about Marshall, if there's going to be any cuts or any furloughs or anything coming down the line there. Of course, it's apples and oranges when it comes to athletic department, athletic department sizes, what kind of money they bring in. But I've got to imagine that right now they're – trying to find every single way they can to to lessen the blow here with the lack of revenues coming in. Lack of revenues, lack of donations, lack of money coming in, lack of money from the NCAA. Of course, you lost games. You lost basketball. I mean, your basketball season got ended abruptly. You lost all your spring sports. You lost any and all sponsorship opportunities that might have gone with anything. NCAA money, the NCAA tournament, you lost all of that. It's up in the air as far as what the schedule might look like. We might not have a schedule. We might have an abbreviated schedule. We might have a truncated schedule. We might not have a schedule until next year. We don't know. That's the thing. It's the we don't know part right now, but West Virginia making cuts. I knew that would happen. I knew that would have to happen eventually. And, of course, they're doing this with the fiscal year. So Bob Huggins, Neil Brown, Coach Carey, Coach Maisie taking a 10% salary reduction. That seems to be the standard number there, 10%. I don't know how you make it fair. Okay, you're going to take 7%. You're going to take 5%. You're going to take 12%. You're going to take 8%. Yeah, you can't do that. You're basically... Here's the number we're looking at. Everybody who's above this range takes a 10% cut. Everyone below this range takes a 5% cut. And anyone at this range takes a lesser cut. So really, your big contracts, your big hitters, when it comes to the salary, taking 10%, anyone that's 100000 or more taking a 5% cut, and anyone below that taking a 2.5% cut. Not pretty. And you wonder when... Do you see this happening at Marshall? That's it. I mean, I really don't know what more we can say about that other than there's going to be some financial realities that we face soon and how the athletic department handles it will be, I think, a direct reflection. And really, it's not just the athletic department. It's going to be the university. The university is going to ultimately make these decisions. 
you know, my camera's not just going to roll in and say, all right, you're taking, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure this is going to come from the university. I mean, with his input, but without being a a fly on the wall in any of those meetings or uh, hacking into their Zoom conference calls, I just don't know. But we've been silent on that so far, so either there's a plan being formulated or Marshall's got an okay handle on the finances and you know, we might see something this extreme. We might see something not as extreme. We might see something right in the middle. That's the thing. How much of a cut are you going to have to make with your head coaches? You know, how much of a cut will Doc Holliday, if this comes down to him, will he have to take? Or Dan D'Antoni, how much of a cut is he going to have to take? And the assistant coaches as well. And could you lose some support staff? I mean, that's a big fear for me. Seriously, that's a big fear for me. You get to know these people. You get to work with them, and, yeah, you form relationships, and you form friendships, and you form bonds. And, you know, it's going to be a completely different world once we get back to athletics. There might be some people there who are no longer there, and there might be some people in some reduced roles. Who knows? And that's that's the scary thing. Not to be doom and gloom here on this Friday for you, but that's the thing. So I understand why there's an urgency to trying to get sports back in some form, some way to bring athletics back, even if it's in a more controlled atmosphere, no fans, limited fans. I I don't know how that happens still. And I want to see what that plan looks like. But you could probably get football back if you can guarantee that you have a, a safe environment and maybe you go without fans for a season. I mean, can college football do that? College football is going to have to play football if you're going to see athletic departments survive. That's where we're at right now. If the university can't field a football team to compete, then there's going to be some revenue that's going to be missing, and that's going to mean a drastic cut in operations and what the university can do, payroll, staff, so many things will cascade. So I'm surprised we haven't heard anything sooner as far as trying to mitigate what the damages are now. But at least West Virginia, with their fiscal year, they're making this decision today that there's going to be some reduction with the head coaches that make the most. That's Bob Huggins. That's Neil Brown. That's Coach Carey. That's Coach Maisie taking a 10% cut. I just hope those cuts don't happen for the Thundering Herd. If they do, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that's going to be a short-term cut. Because honestly, it sucks to be part of one uh, unemployment. It sucks. Flat, I'm going to tell you right now. You want to talk about despair? Go into the unemployment office. Despair welcomes you with a warm blanket and covers you up and wraps you up in it. I mean, there is just so much despair in the unemployment office. And it's not a happy place, and it shouldn't be a happy place. You're unemployed. So I hate that. And then... Reduction in force, that's that's a terrible feeling because you lose a job by no fault of your own. You didn't do anything. You screwed up. You, you didn't mess up. You Maybe you were performing well. Doesn't matter. You, you could have been one of the top performers in the company. Didn't matter because at the end of the day, your paycheck was more detrimental to the company than anything. And it's just a pure numbers game at that point. Reduction in force. Okay. We are going to combine your jobs with something else. We're going to take your money and take you out of the equation here, and your jobs are going to be piled on somebody else. I mean, think of it that way. That's another word to say we're not going to pay you anymore somebody because we're not replacing you. It's not you did something wrong, so we're replacing you. It's we're not going to pay you. We can't afford you. So we're going to pile your work onto somebody else, and we're going to let you go. And you didn't do anything wrong. You did a fantastic job. 
unfortunately, we can't pay you. And that's a terrible feeling right there because it wasn't something that you can just put your hands on and just say, okay, I messed up. Yeah, this is where this is why I lost my job. And I know a lot of people are going through that right now. So this is not fun to hear. I mean, it's it's business. At the end of the day, this is business. College athletics is business. They can love you to death. They can they can think the world of you. At the end of the day, it's it's dollars and cents. That's it. It's business. Sure, they're friends with you, and they think you do great work, but unfortunately there's going to be people who they might love to death, but they're going to be sitting home right now, and there's going to be a lot of people who may be not coming back. So if you're employed right now, I mean, thank your employer. If your employer has has done everything that they can possibly do to keep you employed, thank them. Thank them. I mean, seriously, it might sound cliche, but thank them. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's happening with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's turn this into a little bit more of a positive show in the second half. Also, we'll get your feedback on Twitter. At Paul Swan is where I'm at this afternoon. Looking forward to hearing from you on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So last night, the NFL gave us another gift, the schedule. They're still planning on playing, and we've got the schedule for you. The Cincinnati Bengals will kick off September 13th. It'll be a home game. That's right, believe it or not. The Bengals usually start on the road that first game, but they actually have a home game, and they don't have to go to the West Coast. They'll take on the Chargers. That is set for 4.05 p.m., going to be televised on CBS. So September 13th, if the NFL has a season, that's when it begins for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then they've got back-to-back games on the road. The first game of the two primetime games takes place on September 17th. It'll be against the Cleveland Browns. 8.20 p.m., Fox and the NFL Network is when that's going to kick off. I'm interested to see what Week 2 looks like. Bengals, Browns, it should be interesting, at least from a national perspective. You've got a rookie quarterback against a younger quarterback. I'm interested. I'm peaked. That's got me interested, at least early on. Then the Bengals, it doesn't get any easier, really, because September 27th, because this game on the 17th is, of course, a primetime game. They have a few extra days to get ready for the Eagles, and that'll be at 1 o'clock kick on CBS. And then after that, October 4th, they'll take on at home the Jaguars. So two games on the road. The game against the Browns, not going to be that that bad of a road trip. I mean, come on, that's a bus. That's a bus trip for a lot of us. They'll charter up to that, but that's a bus trip. That's an easy one. But the Jaguars, you don't have to travel there, and that's going to be on October 4th. Now, October 11th, you go back in division. You take on the Baltimore Ravens on the road again there, also televised on CBS. So you look at the schedule, and after the Ravens, still on the road, October 18th, you take on the Colts, and that's going to be televised on Fox. So of the first six games, two are home games. It gets a lot easier, though, as far as the schedule, because on October 25th, they'll play host to the Browns at 1 p.m., and then on November 1st, they'll play host to the Titans also at 1 p.m., both those games televised by CBS. Then you get the bye. Week number nine, you got the bye week. Half the season pretty much over, and then you take a break. And you're going to need it, because when you come back, you got two games on the road. The first game 
is going to be on November 15th against the Steelers. So you're going to Pittsburgh to play that game. It's going to be on Fox. And then on November 22nd, you're taking on the Redskins, and that'll be a 1 p.m. game on CBS. That's one of the games I'm pinning in as a victory. I'm going to pin in the Redskins as a win. I don't know where the wins are coming from on the schedule, but I've circled that one as one of them. And then they're home on November 29th. They've got the Giants coming in to Paul Brown Stadium. That's going to be televised by Fox at 1 p.m. And then they will be on the road December 6th. And if you're going to be on the road in December, why not be somewhere where it's nice and warm and hopefully for the Bengals it'll be nice and warm. They'll be taking on the Dolphins, and that's going to be a 1 p.m. contest on CBS. Then we get to December 13th. And the Cowboys are coming in to Paul Brown Stadium. That's going to be televised on Fox. Could we be seeing Andy Dalton at that point getting some snaps, taking the reins? Where will Andy Dalton be? That's my question. I'm kind of curious where Andy Dalton's going to be. After that game, they'll play host to the Steelers. It'll be ESPN 8.15 p.m. on December 21st. So that's the second primetime game. So two primetime games in the division. If you're going to have a primetime game, might as well be interesting. And the Steelers and the Browns, definitely interesting for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I guess the good news is they're not going to be able to flex that one. So if the Steelers are okay and the Bengals are okay and there's a more attractive matchup out there, this game's an ESPN game primetime, can't flex that one. Same thing with the game on September 17th. Since it's early, not really going to be able to flex that one out either. So that's the good news. I don't think the schedule is going to change unless there's a matchup that gets flexed into the Sunday night match. I don't know if you're going to be able to convince me that the Bengals and Cowboys, the Bengals and Dolphins might be that primetime matchup. Maybe the Bengals and Steelers are going to have two primetime matchups. Maybe they'll flex that, but I think we're out of the window there. Uh, isn't the last eight games or last week can flex a little bit more, I think, once you get sort of a feel for everything? But the Bengals will wrap up the season December 27th and January 3rd. This is before the playoffs. 27th, they'll be at the Texans. That'll be a 1 o'clock game on CBS. And then on January 3rd, they'll be taking on the Ravens, also a 1 o'clock game, also on CBS. So the Bengals, two primetime games. So where do the primetime games go? And I've got the complete list here. And we'll scan it over a little bit. I don't want to read every game. I am going to go over some of the matchups, though. But I'll break it down for you. As far as the schedule is concerned, you've got, and really, if you look at how the Bengals fared compared to other teams in primetime, two games, that's okay. The Cowboys are in primetime six times. Five games go to the Baltimore Ravens, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Patriots, the New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Buccaneers get five primetime games. I wonder how that happened. Buffalo, Chicago, the Raiders, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Steelers, and the Seahawks all get four games apiece. And then three games in primetime belong to the Broncos, the Vikings, the Giants, and the Titans. And the Bengals are in the two-game club, along with the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Browns, the Texans, the Chargers, and the Jets. So the Bengals... Two games, all right, that's fair. Get a couple of primetime games, that's fine. you gotta, you got to work your way back up. you got to earn those games. And then one game, Panthers get one primetime game. The Lions get one primetime game as well. as so the Colts, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and the Washington Redskins. 
So those are the team breakdowns as far as the primetime games are concerned. Primetime games, Sunday nights, I'm sure that's going to change. I mean, week one, this is what week one in the NFL looks like. If we're going to have a season, week one looks like this. Opening night, you're going to have the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's opening night. And the Sunday night game is going to be the Cowboys and the Rams. The Monday night game, and we get two on Monday night. Always get two on Monday night, and I love that. First, we'll get the Steelers and the Giants, and we'll get the Titans and the Broncos. That'll be the late game. So Steelers and Giants, Titans and Broncos, those are going to be your Monday night games. And, of course, week two, as we mentioned, the Bengals and the Browns. Sunday night, you're going to have the Patriots and the Seahawks, and then Monday night's going to be the Saints and the Raiders. That week to open up the NFL, Texans, Chiefs, that's going to be a pretty good game. I think the Cowboys-Rams should be fun. Steelers, Giants, Titans, Broncos, that, that should be fun. And, of course, you look at those Sunday night games. Again, that's the thing. Sunday night games can be flexed. And I'm starting to look down. I'm going to look down the, just the rest of the schedule here. I'm not going to break down what each week looks like. We'll do that as the weeks progress. But week 16, I look at that week and week 12. Week 12 and week 16. Let's look at those. These are the holiday games. So on week 12, Thanksgiving early will be Houston at Detroit. And then the Thanksgiving late will be Washington at Dallas. And then Thanksgiving evening, we get three games, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. That's a pretty good schedule right there. For your Thanksgiving, Texans, Lions, Redskins, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers. I mean, that's pretty cool right there. And then Sunday night football in week 12 is going to be the Bears and the Packers. I mean, that's Bears-Packers. I I always like watching Bears-Packers. And then the Seahawks and the Eagles, that's going to be your Monday night game. So that's your Thanksgiving holiday there. And then Christmas Day, you've got the Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. I don't see that one being a bad game whatsoever. Sunday night's going to be the Titans and Packers. Monday night's going to be the Bills and the Patriots. But looking at some of these Sunday night games, where can some of the flexing be? I mean, I don't think you're unless it's just a bad record, you're not going to flex the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys in Week 15. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, week 17, no idea of what Sunday night football is going to be because they kind of hold that schedule, put the games on. That's going to really be the most watched, the most to lose, the most important. Best way to describe that. Sunday night on Week 14, Steelers-Bills. Man, that could be a pretty good matchup there. I don't think that's going to be flexed. Broncos-Chiefs. I mean, do you take the Chiefs out of primetime if you got them? Probably not. Week 11, Sunday night game is Chiefs-Raiders. Again, do you take the Chiefs out of primetime if you got them? Probably not. Week 10, Ravens-Patriots. I mean, you got the Ravens there. The Ravens, yes, you would keep them. Patriots, we'll see. We'll see what they look like. And again, with Week 9, the Saints and the Buccaneers, I mean, you got Tom Brady, you got Drew Brees. I'm not flexing that. If I if I have that game, I'm keeping that game. And that's the thing. If I've got that game on my schedule, I'm keeping it. Of course, we'll have all the Bengals games on our schedule, and we'll have a select amount of NFL action to tell you about when we get to that point, whenever we get the season back. But again, Bengals get two primetime games. That's not bad. That's not bad to start the the new Joe Burrow era. And if the Bengals get hot, let's just say for argument's sake, the Bengals get hot, we might see them maybe flex a little bit. Maybe they're going to be the national game. Maybe they get flexed a couple of times into the Sunday night schedule or, or one time. Maybe they get a Sunday night game. Or maybe if they're at a point where they're competing 
for the division title. We could see them in that final week. I mean, there are so many scenarios, and of course, I know. The big question is, are we going to even have football? Are we going to have football? And I don't know that answer, and I'll tell you this right now. I'm not buying a season ticket until I know that answer. If I'm on the fence about renewing my season tickets, I'm on the fence because I don't know. I would rather not go through the hassle of trying to get my money back if I'm looking at the NFL schedule. Or individual game tickets, You know, definitely you're not going to do that. But season tickets and renewals, I'm sure that the NFL teams are hurting a little bit. I know college athletics has got to be hurting right now because if you are – if you're a diehard Herd fan, you are going to get your ticket. You're going to get your ticket. You're going to maintain your ticket, right? Just because you're going to go the next year, the next year, the next year, the next year, and the next year. That's that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, if you are a casual fan, are you going to get a mini plan or are you going to wait to go game by game? How are you going to handle that? And keep this in mind. If we get football back, if there is a option for fans, how many fans are going to really show up? Your diehards are going to be there. Herd fans that are diehard, love the herd, doesn't matter, COVID-19 or not, I'm going, they're going to be there. Older fans, maybe give it a second thought. Maybe casual fans think, I'm just going to watch this on TV. I mean, that's going to be the same thing for the NFL. I mean, this might be a made-for-TV schedule here. And if that's the case, we might see a lot of flexing happen because you're going to get the best matchups where they need to be on TV. That's the one benefit of having a season without fans because you're not really juggling the fans around. This is going to be made-for-TV events. And the NFL, I think, could go a season and thrive relatively well, not the way they would like, but thrive relatively well with a season like this on TV. College athletics, total different story here, completely different. But the good news about the NFL is the NFL acting like nothing's going to happen. We're going to play. That's what they're at right now. They're just, we're going to play. We're we're planning on having a season. We're planning on scheduling. We're planning on, I mean, what's next? We'll know sooner because we're going to get to that point where you're going to have to have football players in training facilities. You're going to have to outline the plan. What's the plan look like? What's the structure of this? How does this resume? What's the phase one, phase two, phase three? What's that look like when putting this together? And Honestly, I don't know if I have the answers for you because, to be quite candid, this is so day-to-day. That's the thing. This thing is so day-to-day right now that you don't know. All right, we'll come back and uh, we'll wrap this one up. Paul Swan, your host here for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, May 8th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the show. We've been talking about the Bengals' schedule. We've been talking about, of course, unfortunate layoffs and furloughs for WVU. Could that be happening soon for Marshall? I hope not, but we don't know what the financial forecast is going to look like for universities. And universities are also trying to cope with paying for returning spring seniors. Now, again, I try to focus some of the things we talk about. Unless it's a major national issue, I try to keep it with schools and Stories that we can relate to. Appalachian State, for example. And they have a a plan. They have a plan for returning seniors. So any senior who wanted to come back has got the option to do so. Some schools have said, thank you, we appreciate it. We're not going to do it. Sorry, 
have a have a fantastic life, but we're not going to do it. So some of that has happened. And some schools have said, yeah, you know what? You want your do-over? That's great. We'll, we'll be here for you. We'll figure out how to pay for that. And according to an athletic spokesperson, Appalachian State expects 50 to 60 percent of last year's seniors to return, which will cost approximately $250,000. For Appalachian State, that's probably a pretty good piece of change there. Now, the department expects to offset that cost with money saved from the lack of travel expenses during the last few months. And that's a story that I hope we can follow deeper. How much money are some of the other athletic departments and group of five schools, how much money are they saving by not using it for travel? I mean, the bad news is sports got nuked. The good news is there might be a way to preserve some of these athletic departments short term anyway, because the expenses for travel are so expensive, depending on where you're at in the conference, that maybe you're good budgetarily for a little while. Maybe you don't have to worry about so much the the difference between what you, you lost and what you spend. There might be a, really a, a safety valve there. So Appalachian State, their travel costs Get this. Now, this is according to the 2019 NCAA financial report, which was acquired by the Winston-Salem Journal. This was acquired by the journal through a Freedom of Information Act. And the uh, Winston-Salem Journal is where I'm referencing this story from. Travel expenses for spring sports last year cost $745,844. $745,844. And so they didn't have to spend that. And so you can cover the approximate $250,000 that you're going to have to expend to take care of these 50 to 60% ratio of seniors coming back. I mean, you get that many seniors coming back. You're going to have to pay for that. Well, the travel budget was nearly three times that. They can cover that easy. And that might be a situation where some of the smaller schools, some of the group of five schools, they might be looking at this like, okay, we can navigate this a little because we've got some play with the travel budget. And again, this is not where you go for financial information. This, this is, I'm not I'm not Chris Dickerson. This isn't the uh, this isn't the sports record. I'm not him. Maybe I should get him on the program. This is not the um, this is, it's not the West Virginia record here by any stretch of the imagination. He does great work, by the way. That's going to do it for this edition. Come back on Monday. We'll start it all over again. Hopefully, we'll have some guests for you. We'll have, of course, some good news and everything else in between. Appreciate you tuning in, and don't forget, if you missed any part of the show today, you can always catch it on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find The Drive. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.